Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture, hosted by Madonna Lewindi and me, Laura Michael. Hi, Madonna. Hey, Laura. Happy Easter. So Holy Week has come and it's gone and it seems like it went faster than ever. And this year, things kind of went back to normal for us, at least. We had a lot more in-person services. And um, the previous week, you know, in our podcast, we asked, how does everyone survive during church and during the Holy Week? So now this week, we kind of wanted to do a debrief. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we need to talk about, you know, the standard we set and then what we ended up being able to do. And I, I'm a big believer in setting high standards, right? And then working towards them, even if we don't reach them. So, you know, if you remember in our last episode, I was like, we should go to every service because that's the standard. That's what we should do. Of course, we didn't go to every service. So Madonna, <laughs> how did it end up going for you? Yeah, we 100% did not go to every service. <laughs> um, so th- for us too, it also, I think, was largely dependent on what times everyone has their buscha and their church home. But for us, the morning buscha was before the kids even usually would wake up. It started at 6 a.m., and the nighttime one was at 6 p.m. And my kids go to sleep at 7. So it was very complicated to try to work out their, uh, their schedule. So what we did is we skipped all the morning ones. But during the time that they were getting ready for school in the morning, we would stream the bus class so that they would hear it and know that this was like what we were doing in the mornings or what we were supposed to be doing um, and continue to stream it in the car on the way to school. And then in the afternoon, when we wanted to go to the nighttime services, we only went to two, but we would go at six and we would leave at 730. So they didn't sleep on time. They definitely stayed up a little bit. But um, I think for my kids, they felt so special being able to go back to church at night. They were like, we're going to church at bedtime. It was like a huge deal for them. And that's how like the main bus services went for us as far as attendance. What about you, Laura? Yeah, so my kids also went to school um, most of the week. We had uh, Covenant Thursday and Good Friday off. but So they didn't go to morning Paschas, and they did go to the evening Paschas. We went to, uh, I would say, every one of them except the Good Friday Eve. Like Eve of Friday is hard because mm. <laughs> you're gearing up for the next day. Um, I did, uh, my daughter couldn't go to the Monday one because she was really diligent about Palm Sunday and stayed the entire day all the way to 6 p.m. So she was completely conked out on Monday, went to school, came back, like passed out sleeping. But then after that, we we went every evening. There was one evening we, you know, we tried to leave earlier, like you said, so that we could make bedtime. There was one night where actually one of the middle schoolers was giving the sermon. So we had to stay and listen. I couldn't, I could not leave without hearing his little sermon. That's so amazing. What a great idea. What a great way to involve the kids. Yeah, it went so well. Abuna's seriously considering like doing a a kid's sermon and an adult sermon. So like one of the middle schoolers and then one of the adults give a sermon every night because his was so tiny. It was like 10 minutes or something. So um, just, uh, it was really fun. And I couldn't, I could not leave without hearing that. So we did stay a little bit longer on Wednesday night. Um, If you guys, I don't know if you can hear some banging, but there there are roofers working right now on my roof. I'm (laughs) trying to pretend it's a normal day. (laughs) We hear a little bit of banging. There's a little bit of banging, hopefully not too bad. Um, they're, they're being so good. Actually, they came really early and they, they have not stopped working. I'm really so pleased with this company. So anyway, back to Holy Week. Um, yeah, so that was what we ended up doing. And the kids just, 
they love it so much. They really, really um, love going to church. They hate missing anything, even, even when they can't, like, even when they like, like literally are too exhausted, (laughs) they wish they could be there. So, um, and I think that's like you said, Madonna, it's one of the things that we were, we're building on, like that's from year to year that they're building that habit. Okay. So, so the attendance wise, obviously it was a little sporadic because of school and because of bedtimes and wake up times and whatever, but what was the quality of the time that they were there? Was it like, were they paying attention or did you have to like take tons of breaks? How did it look for you? And just a reminder to our listeners too, how old are your kids again? Right. So I have a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old, the 12-year-old, no problem, no problems at all. Just is hundred percent on board. Um, the seven-year-old did have some moments of struggle. So there were times where he preferred to be in the kitchen snacking or preferred to be in the back with his friends. But we quickly course corrected. We, you know, when, when Abuna's praying, we're praying. That's kind of our, <laughs> our yeah. rule. Uh, so, you know, and I, I try to take special care to say like, um, oh, now it's Tok Tetsigom, like let's pay attention. Or he... Um, you know, he really, Michael connected himself with our head deacon and like would stand next to him and would, you know, follow along with what he was doing. So I feel like that really helped that he had some, a personal relationship with some of the older deacons. Oh, I could see that being really helpful. Yeah. And so for my kids, I mean, I knew it was going to be a struggle in the evening, especially because around bedtime. So I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old or five and a half and three and a half. And the three and a half year old kind of loses it even way before bedtime, maybe around 4 p.m. He's like done for the day. Um, So we knew it was going to be difficult for him, especially my five and a half year old did okay, But I did. I normally have a no toys in church, no, no activities in church kind of rule. But during this week, obviously, we made tons of exceptions. And so we came with a couple of activities, made sure they were quiet activities prepared. It kept them busy, barely because of just the time of day. Um, So definitely our mode of quality was just to go outside and take running breaks. So they would go out and they would run outside a little bit and then I would bring them back in and they would like try to listen. And the big thing for them is that um, like I harped on the thine is the power hymn over and over. So I was like, when thine is the power is being said, we are standing up and we are singing it. So when we participate, it is quality participation. During the long psalms, obviously, they colored, they drew, they looked at their little books or whatever. Um, so, it, I mean, it was it was definitely a challenge. I won't say it was an easy time to get them to come to church and, and like pay attention. However, they did notice that the week was different. They did get the air of like, this is this week is, is special. Um, and for me at this age, I think that was the biggest thing. And um, I brought it home too, Laura. I don't know if you did you do anything different at home? Yeah. I mean, the things that we talked about where we, there was no other music, no other television, no other anything. We were a hundred percent on Pascha mode, you know, and I think that that also really helped. What did you do at home? Yeah. So we also definitely did a lot, you know, we, like we said before, we cut out the TV, the music, the, all that stuff. we just streamed Pascha whenever we could. Um, but one thing that I did because I because I knew that the quality at church was going to be kind of poor for my children. What I did was I had planned an activity every single day of Holy Week based on the theme of that day. So, you know, like on Monday, for example, we went outside and we picked leaves 
and we created a tree on paper. And uh, I told him, you know, this is what the fig tree was like. And then we got another paper, we collected sticks. And like, so we made a tree out of just sticks. And we said, this is what happened after Jesus cursed it. And we kind of went through the lesson. And um, we ended up making a whole wall in our house of Holy Week. And so, at, you know, it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we displayed each of the crafts of that, you know, of the day. And at the end of the week, we went over what all the lessons were. And I'm, you know, pleased to say that a lot of it really, really stuck. So I think we had a multifaceted approach in that, you know, we attempted to go to church, we streamed the Basra, and then we did like a little lesson for each day so that they understood what we were going to do at church. Yeah, we were really blessed that one of our servants created a Holy Week, um, like book for kids. It was mostly for the younger kids. And then my son also, I don't know, Uh, I have this product called the Holy Week Journal that I use every year where I like during the long Psalms, I record my meditations and Michael, for some reason, decided he wanted to have one for himself. I tried to explain to him this was not something for kids. There's nothing like fun about it. It's blank pages and and the Psalm, but he turned it into this whole experience where, I mean, this is his first year reading where he was using different colored pens to circle different words and like, like actually like decorated the Psalm itself. It was really precious actually (laughs) that is very precious and a great idea and then the second half of the week he pulled out his copy of creative orthodox's um anastasis the harrowing of hades and was a hundred percent obsessed he he adores that book he just and he can't i mean in my mind he can't even read but i mean he he is he's reading now but you know what i mean like he's one of those he's still in his very early reading stages but is really like that's his home study that's how he studies at home now is reading that book so that's amazing I mean I will say overall I call Holy Week a huge success in our household um the the obviously the biggest challenge for us was Good Friday because it is such a long service and for me um I was a little bit selfish about it because I love Good Friday and so I wanted to be there for as long as possible so I came hauling a gigantic book bag of activities and snacks. And just, I had in mind, I was going to be taking many breaks and I tried to manage my expectations. And again, I'm pleased to say my kids, like you said, you set the standard really high. And then whatever happens after that, you just kind of do your best. I set my standards really high. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that my kids did exceedingly well for being five and a half and three and a half. That does not mean that it looked like my kids were sitting and listening every single time. I want to make that very clear. What it means is they survived six whole hours without melting down into complete tantrums. I will share a really quick funny story that during the Matanyas at the end of Good Friday, my five and a half, she was like going at it hard and doing like she did three of the four directions, got to the fourth direction. I'm, she's like, I'm just I'm tired. And I was like, yeah, you're you're good. My son, however, every time I went down, he was like, wee, and like would jump on top of me. And for him, it was like a total, like, he was so happy to just, uh, you know, play acrobatic games during that time. So that didn't go that well. But um, yes, overall, I think it went really well. How about you, Laura? How did Good Friday, the, the like the long service go for you? I think we talked about, you know, on our last episode, Madonna, how much how much special things, how many different special things happen on Good Friday. And I think those um, like highlights are what make it survivable, you know, for Mm. kids. So I, for example, my son 
he, he needed to eat. So he would get, leave and eat in the kitchen and come back. And that was totally okay with me. He sometimes would lose focus, but I would be like, okay, now this is the very last time we're going to say ever this whole entire yes. year. Like this is going to, okay. Now daddy's going to do the burial and you're, this is your first year as a deacon. Cause last year he was a deacon, but it was COVID. I was like, this is your first year that you can stand next to daddy and see what happens in the altar. You know, like every time something, something happened that was different, I would pump it up. You know, maybe those are the things I would pump up for my youngest, for my daughter. It was like, now we're doing, remember me, Oh Lord. And like, we would get really into the litanies, you know, there is something for every age. And you know, Madonna, I don't know how your attendance was at your church, but I always find our attendance disappointing. I don't know. I'm really good. Friday is like my thing, like good Friday. I feel like if Christ is on the cross, like how can anyone be anywhere else? I don't understand it. And so for me, it was a little disappointing. Our numbers were thin in the beginning. A lot of people came after work or after school ended. And that's, I can understand that, but still, I just wish that we could all have been there the same way. Because for me, there are so many of those big highlights that, you know, I feel like there are some kids who don't know about them at all, Mm. who don't, you know, if their kids, if you don't take your kids to these services, they don't know how different and special they are. They don't understand it. Well, I also think your kids too, Laura, like you did a good job and they, they fed off your energy, you know, like you've made them excited about every single part of that. Um, I do understand why people need to come kind of like halfway through. We had the same kind of situation. The morning was pretty sparse and then it got better and better throughout or got more crowded, I would say, throughout the, the day. Um, but, you know, for for my kids, again, they're much younger we leave after the, um, all of the matanyas and we go home for the burial. And the reason that we go home for the burial is because, um, like my kids can't see what's happening at the altar, right? They don't know what's going on. They, they know what's going on, but they can't see it. And so we have a tradition of doing it ourselves at our house. We make a little tomb the night before and we do the burial, we stream the burial and then do it ourselves. We pull out like all the spices from our cabinet, all the perfumes and colognes we have. And we like have a little cross and we do the whole thing and my kids participate and they, love, love, love it. And we have the tradition of closing the tomb and then we open it on Easter Sunday and I sneak the Jesus out of there <laughs> and they open it Easter Sunday and Jesus is not there. And there's a sign that say he is risen. He is not here, as he said. And it's like, it's this huge celebration for them. So for us, like, I, I do think it has a lot to do with whatever energy we put into it. Um, and I, I understand like, it's so difficult to be at a good Friday all day. And again, let me just reiterate, it was not pretty. We did not go there and they were like, so behaved. And like, there was a lot of shh and be quiet and sit down and come back here and, and okay, let's go outside for a break. Okay. Let's go outside and eat something. Okay. Let's go outside anything. Um, but they lasted and they did okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I felt like this, this year was a, a pretty big success. Um, and now Laura, for you, for Easter liturgy, how did that go? So we were definitely all exhausted. I mean, just absolutely done. And my son, God bless him, decided to go to apocalypse night. So he actually ended up doing that too. Sophia and I were like, nope, we're going to bed. <laughs> I skipped over asking that. Cause it was so not, not even like in the cards for us. I was like, I'm no, not even yeah. try. <laughs> no, I think we, maybe we'll try to figure it out some year, but it was, this was not the year. <laughs> and so for, um, for Easter, actually my son participated maybe the first half hour to hour. And then just came and slept behind me. He just couldn't at all. He had nothing left to give. And that's fine with me. I think sleeping in church, that's 
just shows that how safe you feel and how um, how blessed you feel being there. So he slept for most of it, and I, uh, knowing how much he wanted to see the resurrection play, I tried so hard to wake him up for it. He would absolutely would not. I mean, I even got him standing, and he was still asleep, standing and asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was it for him. Um, yeah, they were both just so sleepy, and I think that's something that they're now at an age. You know, when he was younger, when he was, I would say like. Elisa or Isaiah's age, he's such an extrovert that being around that many people and all that noise keeps him very wired. Like he would actually stay up and it would be, I remember one year. Yeah. He literally lost his mind and we went in the kitchen and he circled the kitchen at top speed, maybe 50, 60 times, like oh did a loop God. of the, of the dining area. Like he just was so wired, but we are past that now. Now we're seven when we're sleepy, we come and sleep. <laughs> it's a big blessing. We woke up to take communion and we didn't have any food. Of course, COVID changed a lot of things. So right. we took communion and we went home. A lot of people this year went home early, um, even before communion, just because of how tough the week had been and how out of practice we all are with being at church regularly. What about you, Madonna? How did how did the liturgy go? Yeah. So we, we knew that we were not going to be taking Isaiah. I mean, he, he's the kid that kind of melts down super early. Like he, he's, his bedtime is at seven. He's ready for bed at seven. Um, so we knew we weren't going to take him and, and Danny, uh, had like kind of made the sacrifice that he was going to stay home with him. And I was going to take Elise to church. Um, and I think it went pretty well. I, I did the same thing where I brought activities, which I normally don't like to do. Um, but I felt like, you know, it's her bedtime and I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I ended up sitting near friends and I will say that, um, it got a little bit chaotic with all the friends sitting together that, you know, they were like talking and wanting to play. And that was like, it was good because it helped her stay up and not be cranky, but it was bad because it was a little bit distracting. And, uh, I wouldn't say that she was exactly paying attention to anything, um, you know, as much as I tried. So, um, yeah. I mean, if it's a question of whether we made it through, you know, without a meltdown, yeah, we made it through, but was it a quality experience? I won't say that it was a quality experience. No, but overall she felt super thrilled and special to be going to church at night and going to stay up way past her bedtime. She felt special getting ready with me and like getting all, you know, cute for church and for Easter. And, um, she definitely had this air of like, what a fantastic day. And I, I think that if I had to pick a takeaway for her, that would have been it. Just that you understand how much of a celebration this is and how special this is and how important this is. And I think she, she got that message. So um, it was a success in that way. Yeah. I want to say too, that when you, when you've been through the week, even little bits of the week, and you've been through all the sad hymns and you've been through all of that, that it's so much um, more meaningful when you go for the liturgy itself. Like you, when you understand the feast, you, it's really hard without the contrast. So having attended some services made the, the feast itself that much sweeter. And so I feel like we really enjoyed it. I overall, Abun and I were saying like, this, this was one of the best Holy weeks. Like we weren't as exhausted and we were trying to figure out why. And I think the main reason was just like relief at finally being able to be back in church for some in-person services. I think we've all really, really missed that. So I will definitely say we have not perfected the, you know, being at church thing. We have not perfected what it should look like. And, and, you know, 
obviously this is like a long <clears throat> work in progress. And when I was thinking about this, you know, there was a verse that came up and I know this is kind of like a cliche verse, but I felt like it was very appropriate. And the verse is from Proverbs 22 um, verse six. And it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I'm remembering back from when I was a kid and my ki- my parents, like they didn't bring us stuff. They didn't plan activities. They didn't do anything special except for take us. Um, and I will say that now as an adult, I love to be there. And I, um, I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it's always enjoyable as far as, you know, especially when you're having young kids there, but I, but I do like to go and be in attendance of these things. And I think that's kind of the point. And if I'm missing it, like last year, we all felt like we were missing something big by not going. And I think that's what we want. You want to feel like you're missing, um, the, the presence of church and the presence of, of, you know, being in community with so many of, of, of his family celebrating the same thing. Um, and I think that's just kind of the point. What about you, Lara? Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this before, but a friend of mine always says, you want to get everything in before age 10. You want to get all the lessons that you want to give and all of the opinions you want them to hold. You got to get them all cemented before age 10. And so I feel like that's kind of what it is. You get them used to going to church. You get them used to um, attending and to fasting for it or whatever, however you're going to deal with that. And all of the little things that are involved, all the little traditions that are involved, getting dressed for it. Um, when you do that early, then it's very easy afterwards. Then it's just second nature to them. I think that's, that's why we love this verse so much. It's just, uh, you know, it's all training until they're adults. A hundred percent. And, and so we just want to encourage you all to, you know, it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to look like, you know, you're there from the beginning of liturgy to the end of liturgy. It doesn't have to look like everyone's sitting quietly it just has to look like effort it has to look like training. You know, the training ground is not usually pretty. Um, you know, ask anybody who goes to the gym, it's not a pretty looking thing at all, you know, but uh, in the end, the results you want are that you have a child who is, um, you know, clinging to the cross and clinging to God. And um, for us clinging to the Coptic, you know, traditions and to the, and the culture, big T, little T traditions. Yeah, for sure. And with that being said, thank you all so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. And you can find us at raisingupcops.com and email us at raisingupcops at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing you all next time. Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindy. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you would like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.